0: Can I understand why I do what I do? Can I understand what's holding me back? And if I can understand the why, I've now got a choice to become the best version of me.
1: Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, Wherever you're from and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a really exciting episode today. I have two brilliant minds that I'm really thrilled to be sharing with you today. We have Stephen Klemic, a longtime leadership consultant, speaker, and CEO and founder of HeartStyles. He's worked with teams across the globe from small companies to multinational corporations such as KFC, Pizza Hut, Amex, and PwC. He's also an avid mountain climber who's climbed some of the largest summits in the world. And he's incorporated these lessons he's learned from being in the mountains as part of what he's doing with HeartStyle's programs. And I can't wait to dive deeper into that and also sitting right next to him Dr. Mara Klemek, a consulting psychologist with degrees in clinical psychology as well as neuropsychology from the University of Sydney and the University of Paris, a co-founder of Heart Styles, who has over 10 years of clinical neuropsychological experience working with patients involving neurosurgery, alcohol-related brain damage, psychiatry, pain management, and trauma consulting in ERs. There's so much that we can talk about. I am so excited to have you guys here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, Dr.
0: Richard. Richard. Thank you very much. And thank you for having us on your show. And uh, yeah, we, have,
1: we add value to your listeners. There's no question that this, that this conversation is going to do that and more. There's so many different ways that we could talk about. And you both have some really unique backgrounds. Talk to us about, before we even get into the book, you guys have created some pretty interesting tools, things that are going to be able to help people. But what was the impetus for the work that you're doing?
0: Well, it, it started. Um, well, uh, showing our age here, but over 30 years ago, we're working with people, and they were being personality profiled. They were we were using type indicators, and people were being typecasted and put in boxes of different personality. And th- those instruments are helpful, but what we were actually finding is the people who really made change, who became effective leaders, effective people. Uh, Effective parents and partners, those people did something different. They came from their character strength. They came from what we call the heart because we believe that the quality of one's life and the way we lead and do life comes from the attitude of the heart. So if the heart's in a good place, if the heart is thinking of others, if the heart is in a place where I I want others to do well as well as us, we're going to manifest behaviours like that. Yet if the heart is frustrated and angry and upset, we're going to manifest behaviours that way. And as we started to work with people like this, we were looking for a way of being able have an instrument that we could use that wasn't putting people into personality profiling but helping them understand their character, helping them understand what drives their behaviour and why they do the things they do based on their character strength. And you know, just imagine, like you, you, we see great sports people or great leaders and people we admire, and they come from a very strong place of character strength. So that's where it all started. Um, <laughs> we thought we'd be able to design something that would take a couple of years, but it actually took eighteen years research and development. That's where the two of us got together.
1: Interesting, and and I, I want to just ask a point of clarification. Because as you're talking about heart, it sounds like you're really talking about this combination of character traits and values. Is that right?
0: Yes. So those, those character traits, it, for years we've said things like, that person spoke from the heart. Let's get to the heart of the matter. That person put their heart in it. Or that person's lost heart. What do you actually mean by that? And what it really goes back to is is those people we see as strong character strength come from the authenticity and the values of their heart, deep values, and they operate out of those values in a very, in sometimes dysfunctional world, in a a world that is asking to use different behaviours, but those people who come back to those values that we call the heart, We believe the heart carries the brain. We believe the heart carries those values and we process them in the brain. Dr. Richard, you know an enormous amount about that. So how do we put these two things together? Where do you feel love in the heart? Where do you feel fear in the heart? Yet we're processing it in the brain. So how do we put these two things together that we can become the best version of ourselves? If our heart's troubled, it's going to cause behaviours that could be ineffective to our best self. Our heart's in a good place. We can then use behaviours that create our best self, not just in business but in life. And I use sport a lot because you look at great sports people who are champion winners, but they've also got a character about them that goes back to values of, of we rather than me, me, me. It's values of we. So, Dr. Richard, that's um, you know, where we're coming from to help people. And the beautiful thing is we've seen over the years so many lives transform by understanding how we put these two things together because we've developed this framework and a language so people can see it.
1: And I, and I certainly want to take a deeper dive into that language and framework in just a moment. But what I really am excited about as we're starting this conversation is you're taking a concept that many people... Have attributed those expressions, you know, talk from the heart. You know, your heart's not in it. What you're doing is you're taking science and applying it to these things. So that's that's really exciting. And so I'd love to take that deeper dive into the framework. So, so take us through the basics of this.
0: Yeah, well, um, maybe Mars, um, <laughs> d- 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 My turn, d- Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I think that. If you just look at it very simply, we have tried to keep all of this as simple as possible and and we think that basically there are kind of two ways of operating in life. I'm sure there's probably 22, but we've decided that there's probably two to be simple. And either that we're feeling confident in ourselves and secure in who we are, which we would call above the line, or we're not feeling that secure In ourselves. And so we spend a lot of time in a lot of anxiety, a lack of confidence, etc., and thus feeling insecure about ourselves. And we would call that below the line. Both of these forms of life are very normal, as we know, because we as people are an and. I can be both secure in some situations and work out of my confidence and my values. And the impact of that is positive in the world around me. And there might be some situations that might trigger me, the same person, to be insecure and not feel as confident in myself. And therefore, the way I would be experienced by other people possibly could not be to my intentions. So... We investigated the types of behaviours that are most common when people are in a sense of security and also when people are in a sense of insecurity. And we discovered, much to our horror, because we realised we do this as well, that probably you could come across four principles that seem to be universal to being human. And that is that when you're in levels of security, you can be operating out of humility and love. And when we're not in our secure state, we have a way of operating that is basically out of ego-driven pride or self-limiting fear. And so we've called these the four universal principles of life. And in that 18 years, we tested and retested across different languages and across different cultures and realized that these things are not
1: culturally
2: relevant, they're actually humanly relevant.
1: Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. What's really fascinating about that is there's a, as you know, a large body of research that looks at personality characteristics and how they differ across cultures. And so historically, characteristics such as narcissism and that, you know, ego and pride, a lot of the the salient research has always suggested that those are much more prevalent in Western cultures than, say, over in places like China, Japan. But what you're telling us is that your research is showing something that's a little different is that you know, this is actually a universal trait that is prevalent across all cultures. And that's really fascinating.
0: Yes, it's incredible. We just, because um, we've been, our products available in 27 languages. We have been able to go into you know, countries. We were actually in Russia three weeks ago delivering this in Russian with. Translators. So we're speaking in English and we've got the United Nations <laughs> earpiece in our ear. <laughs> and there's two people in a booth out the back and they're translating our English into Russian and then they speak to us in Russian and the other person translating that back into English. And what is amazing, no matter where we go in the world, people operate out of these four universal principles. And, you know, you just imagine like you're, if you're with a group of people, like just imagine you're going to go into a team meeting and you're with six people and three or four of those people are coming into that meeting operating out of self-limiting fear or ego-driven pride. They're trying to work on a project and they come in with that those values stirring in their heart and their mind. And these two things are working interconnectedly. Well, you're going to see behaviours manifest based on that self-limiting fear. Am I going to say the right thing? Am I, am I going to do the right thing? Is someone going to criticise me? Oh, the big boss is there. I better, I better suck up and say the right thing because the big boss is there. Or ego-driven pride. You know, I've got to be better than somebody else, smarter than somebody else. I've got to be more competitive than someone. else. It's got to be my big idea. And you're going to, I'm sure we've all been in a meeting like this, that that, that, that is the behaviours that we're seeing. And wherever we go in the world, wherever we go, we see those behaviours manifest. Now, of course, the opposite to that, they are the below-the-line behaviours and the below-the-line values that Mara was talking about. But above the line, when I'm feeling secure and my heart's coming from a place of courageous humility, I'm going to be authentic, but I'm also going to be humble. I'm going to listen to others. We're still going to drive results. We're going to maybe not agree with everybody, but we're going to do it out of courageous humility. And as I say that, you can start to even feel the difference that would be in this meeting room if people were doing that. And then if we're going to come out of growth-driven love, the new four-letter word, love, and using that, that word in the corporate world, So love and respect and honour for each other. So if you imagine those six people in a room now operating out of courageous humility and growth-driven love and respect and honour and courage, we're going to have a very different Mm -hmm. meeting. We're probably going to have a meeting that saves us a lot of time. We're probably going to agree and disagree with each other but get to an outcome that would be the best outcome at that given point. And that's where we see it uh, cross-culturally when you're working from China to India to Russia, Romania, now of course, we're Aussies, so, you know, the, the, the Aussies and the English and the Americans, it doesn't matter because it's a universal thing that we've discovered about people. And, Dr. Richard, that's the beautiful thing about this. And in our current work environments, we're working with people from multicultures anyway. so.
2: I I think I probably would say that our research is showing that there are slight differences, you know, as you're saying, around certain cultures. So, for instance, Russian culture tends to be sort of stronger in the controlling aspects of of behaviour. Chinese culture, for instance, or other Asian cultures tend to be more in the passive sense and more of the approval-seeking and avoidance. So there are subtle differences, but I think what's been surprising us, and obviously we're continuing to build on this research as we get larger and larger database, we can start to split that into cultural norms. It's interesting that it's not actually that different. And I think that we've probably hit on something that perhaps is, is universal. Mm. So we hope so anyway.
0: And obviously to be the best version of ourselves, and that's what that's what we're going back to. How do we become the best mm. version of ourselves? And because we're an end, of course there are times we're going to operate out of, of self-limiting fear and ego-driven pride. But the best version of ourselves is when we can operate out of the values of this courageous humility and growth-driven love and learning the behaviours that are different, the below-the-line behaviours and the above-the-line behaviours. And that's the great opportunity that everybody has to become the best version of themselves and to shift the balance to above the line rather than we're living in a below the line world, most of it.
1: So So I wanna I wanna dive deeper into that because as my wheels have been turning, I'm thinking about a couple of things. I I love the simplification of the above the line, the humility and the love versus the below the line, the ego-driven pride and self-limiting fear. What we know about what's going on with social media is that research suggests that social media is basically a self-fulfilling prophecy on steroids, that people are taking information from their environment. The, the term that, as you know, we from a psychological standpoint, is confirmation bias, and that because social media has created this 24-hour customizable self-serving information cycle. It sounds like based on your research that a lot of people are being kind of forced below the line because of the way this kind of technology is impacting their lives. What would you say to that?
2: Wow. Well, I oh, think... Well. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 That's a big question. <laughs> Behold, could spend the whole day on that. Yes. This <laughs> is, oh, wow, well, You guys first. <laughs>
2: Okay, well, what I'll say is that I think if you think about the the below-the-line styles as being coping strategies, because when I'm feeling insecure, consciously or subconsciously, I want to try to defend and protect myself. So I'll develop a strategy to, to keep me from harm, and that harm could be a small amount of harm or it could be A large amount of harm, it could be real and it could also be perceived. So these coping strategies are going to increase the more insecure I become until I start to learn to build my character, my true character, my true authenticity. So it makes a lot of sense that given the environment that you've just described, people will be, unless they've got a a really strong level of of hard attitude and, and their character and are really secure in themselves, um, independent of what the external world tells them, they're going to fall into that category, aren't they? They're going to, to use their coping strategies to compete, to get approval, to try to be better than someone else and get sucked into all of that social media um, world.
0: Yeah, and. It, it's quite normal if, if you're needing approval. If you want to look better and, than others and get outside in gratification. You want the outside world to tell you you're okay. So, you know, Facebook tells me how I look, Instagram tells me who I am. And, you know, it's, a, it's, it, it, it's, it's a normal part of life to have that outside gratification, but is it actually developing my character? If I'm living my life on on how many likes I get, that is is a place where it's an indication to strengthen the inner
1: character. So I'm hearing that and that makes intuitive sense to me. And yet I, I want you guys to take this a step further. How do we, and, and we being everybody listening to this individually and, and certainly you know, societally, because we like to dream big, how do we go from that below-the-line to above-the-line living to where we're really out of operating on a bed space of humility and love rather than you know, the, where, where we know most people are at? Yeah, and
0: like there are many aspects, but the, when, we, when we're talking about strengthening our character, it all comes back to um, the, the self-belief. Do do am I living out of in my heart? And this is where we talk about this in our book. But we talk about where there are three aspects to our heart character to make this. Trying to make the complex simple, but basically in our heart is all of this good and gold. We've got all of this good, this greatness, this gold that in our heart. If you've ever gone looking for gold and got gold panning. Gold is buried amongst a whole lot of silt. And that silt, when you go gold panning, looking for gold in a river, you always go to the bends of the river. You don't go to the straight, you go to the bends in the river. So those bends in the river are what hide the gold, the silt, and we call that the voids and the wounds of the heart. The the heart has got voids, a lack of, lack of love, lack of money, lack of education, lack of opportunity. So this is the void that's got lack of and attack on. People have suffered rejection and abuse and criticism and made fun of and being bullied. So those voids and wounds... When, and this is to answer your question, how do we strengthen our character? So how we strengthen our character is, first of all, finding more gold within, more self-love, more self-belief, understanding the voids and the wounds that we live out of. And if we're living out of the voids and the wounds in our life, the negativity and the things that have impacted us difficultly and impacted us negatively, we're going to end up living below the line. And our thought life, as, as uh, Dr. Richard, you, 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 know, you know so much about, and I'm sure you've explained this many times on your show, is that our thought life has so much to do with how we manifest our behaviour and how we manifest the life. But that thought life is being driven by the voids and the wounds of the heart that I was criticised and made fun of. And just uh, to give you an example, a very simple example, but I I grew up dyslexic and I was made to read in front of the class in my third grade. And I think the teacher might have been trying to help me, but that was a humiliating experience for a year. They would put me up in front of the class and I would try to read. And I was rejected. I was laughed at. And at that stage, this is many years ago, that that my dyslexia wasn't diagnosed. And that caused an enormous rejection in my heart. Then I created a belief out of that. I can't read. I'm not smart. I'm never, ever going to read in front of people again for the rest of my life. That held back my education for a long time because I created a belief cycle made on the void and the wound that happened to me in the third grade. And I'm sure a lot of us as, uh, as people and, and, and your listeners, that they're going, yes, I'm, I'm stuck in this below the line because I don't believe in myself. I'm living out of fear. I've got to prove myself. I was told as a, as a child I was never good enough, so I have to prove to everybody that I've got to be better than other people. And what they don't realise, they're actually living out of the voids and the wounds of life rather than living out of the goal and discovering our goal. Who am I? What is my purpose? What am I here for? Where am I going? What are my talents? What are the things that I bring to the workplace? What are the things I bring to life and to my family and to my relationship? How many times do people sit down and discover their goal? Not very often. Most of the time we... Are often driven by, as I said, the voids and the wounds, and we don't even know it.
1: Now I know that you're you're referencing aspects of your book, and I I want to take a little time talking about it because you've been doing this research for 18 plus years, and yet, you know, this book is brand new and just came out. So why now? What 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 was the impetus for writing this book now? And talk to us a little bit about. And how you feel this book is different than a lot of the books that are out there. Because there's a lot of books that you know, talk about conceptually what, what you guys are, are talking about. Yeah,
0: great question. Do you want to go on that? <laughs> well, it started in 2004. We started writing a book. Yes. And we had our, our heart styles instrument. And then we just felt to put it down and, and work with people and, and be able to tell stories in the book of transformation. And we put it down, and then all of our clients said, will you please write a book? Will you please write a book so we can give this to, you know, one of our clients has got 1.7 million employees. So how do you, you know, we, we can't facilitate 1.7 million people, and we've got people accredited in that company running out courses, but you can put a book in people's hands. So we were encouraged and we just wanted to wait until we had data. You know, we've got over 120,000 responses now of data. We've got stories. So we put it down and we just focused on getting that data, getting the stories, and actually being able to write a book that we that really knew worked. Not a book that what could be, but write a book on what was. And the main thing we wanted to get people to help them with in the book and why it's different is we explain why we do the things we do. The first part of this book, as we've been discussing already, about the voids in the wounds and the heart, how the mind and the heart work together, and the four universal principles. The first part of the book is about why we do the things we do. Please explain to me why. Every three-year-old's favourite word is why, and it hasn't stopped. Then we then we explain in the book what it looks like. There's a lot of books out there explaining what it looks like. And the third part of the book is how to change and how to develop. I think that the main key um, is we want people to understand why they do the things they do. When we understand the why, we're then given a great, Great, much more choice, great, much more information to be able to make that choice. And, yes, the book does explain what it looks like because we've got a model. We've been able to make the complex into a model, and we can talk about that later. And we would like a reader and your listeners to be able to go, I want to be the best version of myself. Can I understand why I do what I do? Can I understand what's holding me back? And if I can understand the why, I've now got a choice to become the best version
1: of me. I like that. And I know that you know you guys accomplish this, not only through the book, but through your Heart Styles Monitor and Indicator. Talk to us a little bit about how that specifically works and, and how it helps people do what you just said. Really find mm-hmm. out that why. Okay. Find out the Thanks, why.
2: Well, yeah. yeah, I guess there's the practicalities of it. It's, it's an online assessment. It's got 75 questions, so it doesn't actually take you very long. And the interesting thing about it is that when you go online to fill out your self-report on yourself, you get an opportunity to fill out the 75 questions on how you think you're behaving currently, but also to fill out how you would like to behave, what you think a good job looks like and we call that the benchmark indicator. So you've got your self-report, your actual and your aspirational version of you. You can also choose to have other people answer those same 75 questions on you so that you can get an an idea of how other people see you. And you can get up to between a minimum of three people up to 15 15 people. Mm. In groups of three mm. so that really helps you understand that sometimes our intentions don't actually communicate themselves in our behavior and so how we show up is not necessarily seen by others in the same way that our intentions seem to to us so what happens is that people fill out their little report or that they fill out the the indicator they get a um, downloadable report and you can either start with just yourself report to get an idea of what's happening for you or you can also get other people to um, fill it out on you which gets really interesting if you get your family
1: <laughs> absolutely I can imagine that
2: <laughs> we've had a lot of our executives actually our senior senior teams that we do this with in organizations they, um, they say to us oh could we get my family to, to fill out one of the uh, one of the groups? And so that's always a really interesting experience, uh, sometimes with a capital I, not a small I, because sometimes their results are quite interesting for them.
0: It was like my wife's been trying yes. to tell me this for years.
2: <laughs> we didn't need
0: uh, a hard stars books. indicator report. No. So, what's interesting is you get a free one of these with the mm-hmm. book as well. That's um, pretty cool that people can have their, we call that a personal development guide so when you go online and do the assessment and then you can print a personal development guide which of course explains what you're looking at but you can have the personal development guide in one hand and the book in the other
1: go ahead finish finish that thought please oh
0: well it, it just allows people to go on their journey keeping them safe so that you've just got a self report in one hand and the book in the other we don't ask at this stage, for people to do, to ask other people, they call that three a three hundred and sixty is the terminology. Right. Yes, but it's a self score only, just so people can start on their heart styles journey.
1: I love it. I, I know the book is now available everywhere. Tell us the the full name and title of this book again, so people can get excited about it and get their hands on it.
0: It's called Above the Line. Obviously, we all want to live above the line to be the best version of ourselves. So the book is called Above the Line Living. And leading
1: with heart. I love it. Well, this has been an absolutely fantastic interview. I knew that it would be. As you guys know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question, and that is what is your biggest helping, the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today?
0: Well, I'd I'd like people to walk away with. with, um, understanding, uh, we've given people a snippet of an understanding of why I do what I do, why we behave the way we behave based on the attitude of our heart.
1: Wonderful. And and Mara, what about you? What's your biggest helping?
2: Oh, you're going to ask two of us.
1: Yes, two for one today.
2: (laughs) Two for one. Well, I think that people, I would love people to know that all of us are capable of moving outside of our behaviour patterns. That when we know why we behave the way we do, some of those behaviour patterns that we think we've relegated ourselves to continually repeating and, oh, I'll never get out of this, actually you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live trapped by some of those ineffective Uh, thinking and behavior patterns that you might have had. There are other ways to operate and actually we're all capable of making that choice.
1: Wonderful. Very well said. Tell us where people can connect with you guys.
0: Well, we have our website, heartstyles.com, H-E-A-R-T, styles. We didn't really explain the the name, but we believe the style of life comes out of your heart, Heart heartstyles. Perfect. heartstyles.com.
1: All right. And, and for those of you in the car, at the gym, we've got you covered. Everything about Above the Line and Stephen and Merrick Klemic will be available for you in the show notes at dailyhelping.com as well as in the Daily Helping app available in Google Play and in iTunes. Well, it was wonderful having you both on. Very informative as I knew it would be. And thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with everybody on in our audience today.
0: Thank you, Dr. Dr. Richard, and we hope your listeners do uh, help them become the best version of
1: themselves. Absolutely. And and I want to thank each and every one of those people in the audience who chose to listen to this episode today as well. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others.